0: It kind of, for, for me, what I have learned is like sort of because of geopolitical influences, mm. because of global finances, it's, it seems that it's very difficult at a domestic level to leverage serious influence. So when this we have a party, not true, This is not true. So you are in a position to confront these powerful organisations, the financial industry, transnational corporations, like, a, like say for example... Can I just put it in a particular way to you, right? Which you a where you may not like. Well, it's better for me right. to put it in your okay, language, okay, and you, it's okay. better for me <laughs> to put it in my language, because if you can understand me, it's better. Okay, fine. Right, say for example, right, like the, you know, sort of average UK worker pays 20% normal, like, tax, right? Sure. Uh, Amazon paid 0.05% yeah, on 4 that. billion sales. Yeah, we've got do to we have that. the power yeah, to do that? Of course you do. How? Well, first of all, you've got to do it internationally. Yeah. Because these companies are mobile around the world. And that is hard yards. but you've got to do it. And secondly, you've got to be willing to act on your own where you can. Look, there are different countries that have different ways of dealing with these things. Some are more successful than others. So, so of course, there are ways to, do it, to deal with it. It doesn't mean it's, it's easy in a world where capital and companies are mobile, of course you can deal with these things. And of course people share your outrage yeah. about companies that don't pay their taxes, and it can be dealt with. But you've got to have a government that is willing to say there's something wrong with this and we're gonna deal with it. You want that government? Yeah. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that. Is the nature of the hard left? And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Are the hard left, What's it? Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are we're in the you know ascendancy I, I, within the, within the Labour that. Party, who yeah. associate yeah. with the hard left. You just said so that we move right to right
1: wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, national without compensation hard left in position hard left hard left the hard left the hard left the hard left hard left hard left the 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 hard left hard left
0: the hard left hard left 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 the 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 hard
2: right what next now that we've picked a bit of film did we want to do a reading of that
1: robert webb article
2: yeah so we've been wanting to do a reading of this thing for literally years i think now i've been this has been like top of my list for a real politic reading series <laughs> for like forever
1: and yeah it's not a new piece so that's for sure God.
2: <laughs> no it's from 2013 and thankfully i've got just enough New Statesman points left to uh, read this. <laughs> it's called Dear Russell, choosing to vote is the most British kind of revolution there is. This article is mostly notable for being the progenitor of a very iconic phrase on the liberal sense of these days. Frankly, it's probably a bit more iconic on the left, but we see it as something they say. Yeah. Um, just, just for a record, when I mentioned New Statesman points, those aren't like something you get if you go to enough parties to <laughs> by George Eaton. I mean their paywall where you only get to read a certain amount of New Statesman articles. I think I've
1: managed to find an archived page of it that isn't there. But yeah, it's Oh, excellent. So if you look around, you might be able to bypass that if it's an issue. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so, so I, uh, I mean, Robert Webb, this is a piece written in response to another piece published in The New Statesman in 2013.
0: Russell Brand, comedian, actor, and now it seems political theorist. For, is there no limit
1: to the man's talents, he's now guest editor of the venerable left-wing magazine The New Statesman. He wants a revolution, he says. Russell Brand, who are you to edit a political magazine?
0: Well, I suppose like a person who's being politely asked by an attractive woman. I don't know what the typical criteria is. I don't know many people that edit political magazines. Boris, he used to do one, didn't he? So I'm a a person with crazy hair, quite a good sense of humour, don't know much about politics, I'm ideal. But is it true you don't even vote? Yeah, no, I don't vote. Well, how do you have any authority to talk about politics then? Well, I don't uh, get my authority from this pre-existing paradigm which is quite narrow and only serves a few people. I look elsewhere for alternatives that might be of service to humanity. Alternate means alternate political systems. Uh, they being? So
2: 2013 was when Russell Brand launched his political revolution. remember that? I do, yeah, the whole don't vote thing. Yeah, he wrote a book called Revolution. I didn't read it, but I remember people who weren't into politics saying, oh, I really want to read that Russell Brand book and getting a copy of it. I don't know if they thought it was any good, but, you know, um, he he, he made he at least made some sort of an effort to try and reach out to people from 2013 to 15.
1: And he was certainly speaking to a real problem in politics at the time that there was no real left wing answer. Yeah. This was pre-Corbyn, of course, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I've noticed that he is actually still doing the trues his uh, yeah, YouTube show, yeah. i occasionally get a notification about it because i think i followed it back in those days and yeah uh, although you know I, I think my my thing i always said about the truths was that his thing was you can't trust the mainstream media but he spent most of the time just like using the guardian as a source. <laughs> <stuff like> <laughs> uh, he, he, he didn't seem to go that much further than the liberal press for his own views but yeah it would just be him there slagging off the media with a guardian in his hand and um <laughs> He and, and I, it's true. You can like critique the Guardian, but generally he was just taking what they said at, at face value. Yeah. I think probably Russell Brand found with the advent of Corbynism, because he said nice things about Jeremy Corbyn at times, that he didn't need to be the face of mildly left of centre politics anymore. And he took a bit of a step back. And so now some of his stuff is just like Russell Brand debates Jordan Peterson or something. Horrifying, (laughs) long form interviews where, you know, he really, he chews over the ideas. (laughs) <laughs> with someone he may or may not agree with, uh, I I don't think I'm sure Peterson would be someone he doesn't agree with, but you know. Yeah. Um, so I think Russell Brand's in 2013 his thing, uh, don't vote. He framed it in a way that made him very susceptible for a lot to a lot of people saying, "Oh, you fucking idiot! How are we going to do anything without voting?" Um, yeah, I broadly think you should vote. Yeah. I like, was a lot, you know. Uh, I was more sympathetic to Russell Brand's point of view then. I mean, even though I I was basically a supporter of Ed Miliband uh, for all my issues with him, I I kind of I was always going to vote Labour in 2015. But I didn't feel like you could begrudge people for not wanting to. Whereas now I do, do do now I do begrudge people not wanting to vote Labour quite a lot, to be honest. But there there was a a kind of perfect storm of like obnoxious liberal responses to brand from people who the political system had worked essentially fine for and they'd always they put their box by the Labour Party and Tony Blair had got in or you know they put their box by the Labour Party or the Lib Dems and then David Cameron got in but what you know what can you do he's all right at least he's moderate you know David Cameron's very moderate Yeah, good times (laughs) (laughs) yeah but if anything the most seminal response to Russell Brand's statement that there was nothing worth voting for came from comedian, regular New Statesman columnist, professional male feminist, (laughs) Robert Webb. (laughs) Author of How to Be a Boy. Uh, No, How Not to Be a Boy. Uh, The thing is, with How Not to Be a Boy, I find it hard to, because of the double negative, I find it really hard to um, parse. to come up with a joke oh, about it, sure. there's, there's some real mathematics that go on. <laughs> uh, so, like Robert Webb has posted transphobic things in the past. Oh so yeah, horrifyingly so. so. How not to be a boy? How to be a boy if you're a transphobe, like what Robert Webb is, would be to be assigned male at birth. Yeah. Right. Therefore, how not to be a boy would be to be a... Don't be assigned male. At yeah. Birth. Okay. We- we've got that it that sounds <laughs> like a very short book
1: really like two sentences long um yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah anyway i got to say i have not read how not to be a boy why would you really I think yeah i, I mean sometimes I it's good to read like things that you don't agree with but uh, it's,
1: it's mostly sometimes. a slog. yeah yeah, yeah. Kissing away, what others died to create we
0: fiddle
2: So let's let's launch into Robert Webb now that I've made my failed joke about his, you know, very sad and tragic failed book. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Russell, hi, we've met about twice, so I should probably reintroduce myself. I'm the other one from Peep Show. Self-deprecating, right. you know? <laughs> I read your thing on revolution in these pages with great interest and some concern. Yeah, Robert Webb, like, oh, revolution, you say? Oh, Count me Fascinating. in. Fascinating. Wait, what? <laughs> like, as, yeah, as if fucking Robert, <laughs> Robert Webb is a shit about, like, yeah, he sees an article about revolution. He's not gonna get into that, is he? Um, My first reaction was to rejoin the Labour Party. Contrarian? Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah the jiffy bag containing the plastic membership card and the tristram hunt action figure that's it that's a blast from the past because tristram hunt has actually left parliament now to become the manager of a victorian albert museum
1: Mm.
2: (laughs) so uh it's a dated reference point already For Tristram, an action figure is I am sure. in the post. I just wanted to tell you why I did that, because I thought you might want to hear from someone who A. Really likes your work, B. Takes you seriously as a thoughtful person, and C. Thinks you're willfully talking through your arse out of something very important. He says, It's about influence and engagement. You have a theoretical 7.1 million mostly young followers on Twitter. They will have their own opinions about everything and I have no intention of patronising them. But what I will say is that when I was 15, if Stephen Fry had advised me to trim my eyebrows with a flymo, I would have given it serious consideration. Now, this is neither here nor there, really, (laughs) but I've always thought that Robert Webb had quite strange eyebrows. (laughs) Make of that what you will. Um... I don't think it's your job to tell young people that they should engage with the political process. But I do think that when you end a piece about politics with the injunction, I will never vote and I don't think you should either. Then you're actively telling a lot of people that engagement with our democracy is a bad idea. Which Robert Webb definitely hasn't been telling people who, you know, voted to leave the EU, people who voted for Jeremy Corbyn, Mm. (laughs) basically anyone who voted anyway that Robert Webb doesn't agree with for the last few years. That gives politicians the green light to neglect the concerns of young people because they've been relieved for responsibility of of courting their vote.
1: That seems to kind of assume that the politicians will hear this and suddenly think, "Okay, yeah,
2: all young people are going to listen to Russell Brand and not vote." What I thought was interesting there is wasn't twenty thirteen roundabout when Ed Miliband pledged to cut benefits for young people. Probably. Um, I'm not really sure how the so-called cost of living crisis Ed Miliband frequently talked about was caused by young people receiving benefits, right. but he wanted to cut that anyway. Just a pointless kind of cruel, punitive gesture to appeal to right-wing reactionaries who hold ignorant prejudices about the youth and people claiming benefits yeah so this idea that you know voting labor in 2013 was really the natural place for quote-unquote the concerns of young people to go is nonsense absolutely yeah why do pensioners? Webb continues. Many of whom are not poor old grannies huddled round a kerosene lamp, but for warmth, but bloated ex hippy baby boomers who did very well out of the Thatcher Lawson years. He's really into the generational warfare stuff. Get so much attention from politicians because they vote. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, he does seem to be like framing this a lot in you know the young versus the old which I think is not particularly socialist analysis.
0: a well, young man ain't got nothing in the world these days.
2: I've definitely played into it myself because there is a generational thing of middle-aged centrists like Robert Webb really <laughs> resenting, particularly the younger and the older Corbynites, uh, you know, the older exe- exemplified by Corbyn himself, yeah. the younger exemplified by, you know, the hard left trolls who these people are so terrified like of. Like us. Um, <laughs> at, yeah. yeah, I, I, And I'm, I, you know, I'm quite glad, really, that Labour are, uh, are now trying to appeal to both pensioners and young people and not creating this false binary. Absolutely. Where old people will always be Tories and young people will always be on the outside, basically. Webb writes, many of the young, the poor, the people you write about are in desperate need of support. The last Labour government didn't do enough and bitterly disappointed many voters. Oh, Oh, Robert, brave words (laughs) there. Of course, yeah, that statement hasn't stopped him calling for their return yeah, ever since. absolutely <laughs> it fucks me off no end when people are like oh new labor was bad but you know i do think we should let one of their acolytes lead labor instead of jeremy corbyn <laughs> i'm like well, okay then well it's, it's kind of like the soft left recently with their abolish for home office line I'm like, OK, so did you vote for authoritarian former Home Secretary Yvette Cooper in 2015 because you thought she was going to abolish for home office? <laughs> okay. Yeah, OK. <laughs> um, here we go. Then Robert Webb, of course, starts the list of new Labour's achievements. The, the great list. Here we go, but at the risk of losing your attention, hear that, Yair? Don't you tune out here because I'm just—I'm going to be setting you to rights about the virtues of Tony Blair's All government. All right, Rob. Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but at the risk of you losing your attention, on the whole, they helped. Opening Sure Start centres. It's always Sure Start number one. Sure Start the mansion. What was Sure Start? New Labour. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Blairites just assume everyone has benefited from their Sure Start centres, but the Tories closed. Sure Start is a programme targeted at parents and children under the age of four living in the most disadvantaged areas. Sure Start projects deliver a wide variety of services which are designed to support children's learning skills, health, well-being, and social and emotional development.
1: Right on, okay.
2: yeah. Uh, right on. Uh, introducing and raising the minimum wage, although uh, wasn't ever a living wage while New Labour And in power, was it, for some reason? <laughs> what, was that? what was that about? They always set it at a rate that was kind of amenable to capital for some reason. Why, why was that? I mean, yeah, but you raise it, but if it's not a living wage, if, it, if people can't live on it, then what the fuck? What's the know? point? Yeah. Fuck's <laughs> Yeah, well, I I, see. I don't want to say what's the point because obviously any piecemeal improvement is still an improvement, but it's fucking pathetic, really. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Making museum, making museums free. I mean, I actually think that was a bad thing that they did because Tristram Hunt probably doesn't get as much money for his Royal Albert Hall, uh, sorry, Victoria and Albert Museum job (laughs) now that museums aren't making as much profit. Uh, (laughs) That is actually a good thing. (laughs) Uh, Guaranteeing. yeah guaranteeing nursery places blah 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 nobody is going to write a folk song about this stuff and see that's interesting because generally liberals don't acknowledge that, that, that there's this massive divide between centrist politics and you know like art hope dreams yeah. a, a vision of a better world uh they 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 don't really acknowledge that uh, it's like i was saying the other day when people are like well i joined the labor party because i was uh, opposed to anti-racism uh, you know i was opposed to anti <laughs> because i was opposed to racism um you know it's like what when when tony blair's government was in power you you, you did that did you um not you didn't like get involved in you know an a- a- an anti-racist uh, direct action group or anything you joined the labor party under tony blair <laughs> but robert but robert webb actually acknowledges that no one apart from like eu supergirl would you know write a song about new <laughs> <laughs> right right a positive yeah, song yeah. about new labor sorry <laughs> um and he, uh, he says, I'm aware of the basic absurdity of what I'm trying to achieve here. Like getting Liberace to give a shit about working tax credit. <laughs> he's put, Weird example. Casually yeah. comparing Russell Brand to a, a very flamboyant gay man? like I don't know if that's really like... Hmm. Is that just like Russell Brand? Again, it's for Russell Brand... He's got, he's got, long, person, hair. He's got long hair! <laughs> <laughs> um... But these policies, among many others, such as war in Iraq, changed the real lives of millions of real people for the better. The war in Iraq changed actually the real lives of millions of real people. You know, yeah. I wouldn't say for the better, but it changed the hell out of them. Here we go. He he continues. This is exactly why. Sorry, this is exactly what the present coalition is in the business of tearing to pieces. I wonder if Webb now votes for the Liberal Democrats.
1: I I would be pretty shocked if not.
2: (laughs) Should we have a look to see if arch critic of the coalition Robert Webb is a Lib Dem voter now? Uh, From a Robert Webb Lib Dem. Search Lib Dem. Uh, Oh, here we go. Robert Webb, June 4th. I mean, all I want when PM Johnson inevitably falls on his face within two years of taking office is a Lib Dem slash Green coalition with Joe Swinson as PM, Ed Davey as Foreign Sec, and and Caroline Lucas as a great reforming chancellor. Oh, my. (laughs) Is this so very much to ask, Right, so you want two of the smallest parties about.
1: to somehow rule the government that, that alone is bizarre yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, a, a government with like twenty MPs <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that that they'd have a functioning majority oh, and yeah. I'll just point out that of the three politicians mentioned there. Joe Swinson and Ed Davey were both ministers in the coalition that Robert Webb said in 2013 was tearing up the achievements of new labor. (laughs) (laughs) On June the 11th, he said, I am so depressed and bamboozled, I now think a slim Lib Dem majority is both desirable and not altogether impossible. Uh, This is a tweet to Arch Slug Ian Dunn, by the way. And then he quotes a peep show line to acknowledge how ridiculous what he's saying is. (laughs) This crack is quite moorish. Look, here's superhands. We can do the music, can't we, superhands? Tell you what, that crack is
0: really moorish.
2: And it's true, I do frequently accuse people of smoking crack (laughs) when they're kind (laughs) of inflated. Views about uh, 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 uh inflated views of how successful the Lib Dems are going to be. Right. Um, incidentally, yeah, like even uh, the
1: meltiest voices is- I've seen on the BBC and ITV were saying how, like, yeah, Lib Dem majority is just not going to happen. That's just not possible
2: <laughs> it's absurd isn't it well it's kind of like when people say labor's going to be wiped out labor could have a bad electoral result but wiped you out. you certainly don't
1: see real. shifts like that overnight or between one election and the next you know
2: i mean the last time you saw it was the the, the 1930s when labor and the tories went into government together and there was only about 50 labor mps mm. then uh that, that didn't join join the national unity government And, yet, even then, Labour weren't wiped out. They had an enormous comeback at the 1945 election. Oh, yeah, they did. So it's just kind of... It's a preposterous thing to say. But anyway, let's just talk about Robert Webb's current politics and his current support with (laughs) Dems at the moment. The Green Party, I'm not entirely sure what about them, but but, but, uh, I don't want to get into the actual story they're talking about, but... Here is Robert Webb replying to anti-trans extremist Graham Linehan who is quote tweeting anti-trans extremist Tracy King (laughs) and Robert Webb is saying because the Green Party have not lived up to Graham Linehan's exacting standards for sexual politics and gender politics Robert Webb goes, there goes another one at this rate I'll have to vote for the fucking Lib Dems That was last year, and judging from his subsequent tweets, I think he'll be voting for the fucking Lib Dems. It sure fucking sounds like it. (laughs) Right, let's get back to uh, Robert Webb. Now we've established that he's he's an Angela Smith type person who very much disparaged the Lib Dems and now likes them. (laughs) He says that the coalition government comprised, to reiterate, of the Conservative Party and the Liberal Democrat Party are not interested in helping unlucky people. (laughs) They want to scapegoat and punish them. You specifically object to George Osborne's challenge to the EU's proposed cap on bankers bonuses. Labour simply wouldn't be doing that right now. Yeah, well, in 2019, that's all changed. Labour are very much in favour of bankers' bonuses. (laughs) Yeah, understandable that someone like you with strong progressive principles has deserted them for the Lib Dems. They are not all the same. They're all the same is what reactionaries love to hear. And again, I bet Robert Webb has spent the last four years saying, oh, all the parties are so bad. I'm politically homeless. Yeah. Nobody's got anything to vote for. You know, <laughs> Who will speak for liberal Britain? Wanker. He says, it leaves the status quo serenely untroubled and cedes the floor to the easy answers of UKIP and the Daily Mail. What would be terrible is if the Tories moved to a kind of UKIP-type position on, you know, everything, (laughs) and they were no longer in government with the Lib Dems, and just on their own now, but liberals still just couldn't bring themselves to support the Labour Party. Yeah, that would be be tragic, wouldn't it? I think that would cede the floor to the easy answers of UKIP and the Daily Mail. Anyway, Webb continues, No, if you want to be a nuisance to the people... Who you most detest in public life, vote. And vote Labour. Damn right, Rob. <laughs> you talk yeah. of obediently Xing a little box. Is that really how it feels to you? Obedient? I bet he bitches non stop about, oh, these the people who are voting Labour, they're just slavish sycophants to Corbyn's Stalinist leadership, you know. But of course. They just only care about being obedient to St. Jeremy, (laughs) magic grandpa. He says, there's a lot that people interested in shaping their society can do in between elections. You describe yourself as an activist, among other things. But election day is when we really are the masters. (laughs) We give them another chance or we tell them to get another job. If I thought I worked for David Cameron rather than the other other way around. I don't know how I'd get out of bed in the morning. (sighs) It's a good job that Rob got enough people out to vote that David Cameron didn't get back in in 2015, Yeah, right. Maybe it's this timidity in you, he says, that leads you into another mistake, the idea that revolution is un-British. Oh, lads, we're in for some Mm. progressive patriotism here. (laughs) Stick it in your pipe and smoke it. Actually, he says, in the modern era... The English invented it when we publicly decapitated Charles I in 1649. We've only. A small amount of Irish blood shed in the
1: process. Yes, and certainly that was the very first revolution in history.
2: <laughs> yeah, we got our revolution out of the way long before the French and the Americans. It's like little, nice little petty <laughs> British anti-Frenchness and anti-Americanism. The monarchy was restored, but the sovereignty it was the fucking pity. I mean, hey, am I right in the age yep. of Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah, the monarchy was restored, but but the sovereignty of our parliament, made up and elected by a slowly widening constituency of the people... Emphasis on slowly. Never been... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has never been seriously challenged since then. Aha! Until now, you say, by those pesky, corporate, uh, global, military, industrial, complex, bass... Hang on, I've lost... Why is he... T- what is he saying in the context of... <sighs> The, the, oh, he's okay. So he's saying that the pesky corporate, global, military, industrial complex bastards, uh, industrial conglomerate bastards, are being seen by the likes of Russell Brand as challenging the sovereignty of our parliament. Okay, well, let's see what Rob says to that foolish notion. Oh no, he says, well, yes, well, yes. <laughs> so they are right, in fact. So they are right, in fact. Oh no, no, but here he's got a solution. So national parliaments and supranational organisations such as the EU need more legitimacy that's more votes not fewer <laughs> even before brexit he's already pro remain i think he's right what we need to do is we need to get the voting population voting on mass on britain's position on the european union i think that would end really well yeah we should have a referendum uh, or something yeah it would give the eu more legitimacy you know that's more votes not fewer (laughs) rob continues (laughs) you're a wonderful talker But on the page, you sometimes let your style get ahead of what you actually think. In putting the words aesthetically and disruption in the same sentence, you come perilously close to saying that violence can be beautiful. See, maybe I should have read the Russell Brand piece before that, because I bet as much as Russell Brand's florid use of language can border on jumble yeah. <laughs> at times
0: it's quite a narrow uh, quite a narrow prescriptive parameter that changes within the, the, uh, the in a democracy that's how it works well i don't think it's working very well jeremy
2: i reckon he's probably mischaracterizing russell brand there and doing the standard thing of oh a radical statement about revolution equals violence of course right? yeah like aka they're going to take my house that I own away from me.
1: Truly, no greater tragedy Um, has ever been known.
2: They are no longer going to let me rent out my properties to my tenants, and they are even going to force me to allow my tenants to have pets. God damn them. He says, do keep an eye on that, about possibly uh, saying violence can be beautiful. Ambiguity around ambiguity is forgivable, but in an unpublished... ambiguity around, like, all right, I thought it was you're just criticising Ro- Russell Brown for chatting a load of florid bollocks is for, forgivable for an unpublished poet and expected of an art student on the pool for a professional, oh god imagine Robert Webb on the pool oh. showing off all his big words he knows <laughs> like hey hey, ladies, do you know I'm a feminist, I, uh, yeah I've been thinking of writing this book about feminism you know because I'm the feminism expert yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> Just hanging out at the SU bar like a young Robert Webb, like, Women, I respect you! Uh, So cringe, so cringe. For a professional comedian demoting himself to the role of thinker, with stadiums of young people hanging on his every word, it won't really do. What were the chances? Robert Webb then launches into a people have never had it so good type (laughs) thing. What were the chances, in the course of human history, that you and I should be born into an advanced liberal democracy. I mean, the other way of saying it is that about, you know, what are the chances that after society and admittedly a naturally flawed capitalist structure becoming more and more equal for decades, then suddenly that progress stops and turns into Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan's neoliberal hellscape. <laughs> what were the chances, Yeah, Yeah that you and i should be born into an appalling hyper competitive individualistic neoliberal hellscape
1: right yeah exactly um i'm gonna say 100 percent since we were born into that <laughs> and just like i mean
2: yeah <laughs> Said it was a phase these things couldn't go. But the black clouds stayed. Some worked in the factories, some worked out in the fields, toilets.
1: it's basically just saying what are the chances of me being alive right now and thinking that i have it better than any other time like i mean yeah you would always like if you're of that ilk then you would always be saying that people were saying that in the 1900s and the 1800s and the 1700s people defending empire what what are the odds that i would be born in this glorious empire that rules three quarters of the world you know like
2: yeah <laughs> it's a classic example of the disintegration of the liberal of liberal aspiration from things can only get better to things are now as good as they were yeah the again. whole
1: end of history and all yeah
2: yeah exactly Robert Webb then says that we don't die age 27 because we can't eat, because nobody has invented fluoride toothpaste. Was that a
1: problem? I mean, (laughs) like people just running out of teeth (laughs) at the age of 27 suddenly, and I can't eat anymore. (sighs)
2: probably yeah just a whole society of like Shane McGowan's (laughs) just stumbling about (laughs) I need pudding yeah Yeah. I I mean I think it's personally good that we can stick a bit of fluoride down our throats every night and re-up our homosexuality quotient but you know it's not for everyone Oh, here we go, this is a proper, like, these are the golden days now. That we can say what we like, read what we like, love whom we want. That nobody is going to kick the door down in the middle of the night and take us or our children away to be tortured. I just wonder if Robert Webb had, you know, taking the time to speak to some of the transgender people he regularly denigrates, if he would see this as this kind of, uh, the current world we live in as this kind of, beacon of hope and equality <laughs> yeah and freedom <laughs> and just kind of just the whole thing of free expression while a culture fostered by Webb and other nominally liberal celebrities means that you know people are, are feeling under as much pressure as ever for trying to identify as the gender that they truly feel they are yeah. you know i think that just just shows what an, a bunch of empty platitudes he's coming out with there of course. It's, it's only true if you happen to agree with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure 2013 was, was a great time for somebody who has Robert Webb's beliefs, you know, a sensible, moderate government in there. The and, golden years. You know, only closing some of the Sure Start centres. <laughs> he says, the odds were vanishingly small. Do I wake up every day and thank God that I live in 21st century Britain? Of course not. But from time to time, I recognise it as an unfathomable privilege. Fuck off! (laughs) There's like a fucking 120,000 disabled people died after being declared fit for work by the fucking government's vicious means-testing schemes. Yes. just Yeah, they're living in unfathomable privilege.
1: I'm in no way grateful to be born into a society and a system in which I had no say And where exploitation
2: is omnipresent. Uh, And Robert Webb then says on Remembrance Sunday for a start. I just feel angry on Remembrance Sunday. Sure. You know, (laughs) I just feel like, uh, you know, it just just shows what the ruling class will do with the working class, when they feel they can get away with it, absolutely. World well, War well, One, specifically, I mean. And Webb says, and th- and again, when I read an intelligent fellow citizen ready to toss away the hard-won liberties of his brothers and sisters because he, voted... I mean, whether you agree or not,
1: like, sure. choosing not to vote is very distinct from not being allowed to vote.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right, actually. Yeah, that's a, that's a massive difference. For a t- contemporary example. I'm sure that the the people, particularly people of colour and working class people, who local Republican voter-rigging schemes prevented from voting against Donald Trump in 2016 made more of a tangible impact on the result than the leftists who couldn't bring themselves to vote for Hillary Clinton. Exactly. So, here we go. Final, final full paragraph. And then here's a little sign-off, one-sentence paragraph to sign off, so... I understand your ache for the luminous, for for a connection beyond yourself. Russell, we all feel like that. (laughs) <laughs> no you don't. you don't. You don't feel shit you soulless fucking liberal bastard. You don't have a soul. Some find it in musical literature. Some in the wonders of science such as my friend Brian Hawkins, <laughs> and, and, and others in religion. But it isn't available anymore in Revolution. I uh, hear we. This is a good thing. It isn't available anymore in Revolution. We tried that again and again and we know That it ends in death camps, gulags, repression, and murder.
1: Classic equating the Soviet Union with Nazi
2: Germany. (laughs) I believe the common denominator of revolution is not harmony, but chaos, hostility, and murder. (laughs) Thank you, Werner. (laughs) I believe the common denominator of the universe is not harmony, chaos, hostility, and murder. And here we're getting to the, you know, the fucking... This is the line, this is the line. Kick is the the line. Kiss, kick in, kick, yes, kiss your lips here. In brief, and I say this with the greatest respect, please read some fucking Orwell. Yes! Yes! <laughs> fucking got him! And lo, Simon Hedges was born on this great day on uh, 30th of October, 2013, at least two or three years before the Simon Hedges account would even be set up. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The greatest development in comic history. In fact, this is probably Robert Webb's greatest contribution to comedy. (laughs) 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 He concludes, good luck finding whatever it is you're looking for, and while you do, may your God go with you. Wow, that's so pass-ag. Yeah. What,
0: what?
2: <laughs> See, I thought that... we're going to have a little look, um, because I thought that that piece, I remembered it as being mostly Robert Webb talking about how he hated Neil Kinnock.
1: Neil Kinnock falling into the sea, drowning.
2: And only got round to voting or possibly joining Labour in 1997 when tony blair was leader i can read zero more new statesman articles this week yeah i mean i don't want to read the thing the whole thing but um, he's done quite a lot of columns for the new statesman and 5th of may 2015 he did a piece called i wouldn't put i wouldn't put ed Miliband on a t-shirt but i will vote for him now i'm not one of those guys paragraph two this is by the way now i'm not one of those guys who think all conservatives are evil (laughs) Uh, that says it all really yeah this is after he he says that he loathes the tories and then he has to be oh but i don't loathe them as as a
0: person
1: i don't believe all the nazis are evil (laughs) i don't believe all of the fucking (laughs) bad guys are bad guys
0: I just wanted to say to you by way of uh, introductory remarks that I'm extremely miffed about today's events and uh, in my quest to try and make you understand the level of my um, unhappiness I'm likely to use an awful lot of what we would call violent sexual imagery and I just wanted to check that uh, neither of you would be terribly offended by that. Well
2: you know this reminds me of the guy who well, obviously the thick of it is no longer on the air now but when it was there was a man called ian martin who started off as one of as their quote-unquote swearing consultant <laughs> and uh, he, he 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 joined the writers team in a full capacity later on I mean, I followed this guy for quite a while because, I mean, I liked all the Iannucci lot, and I, I basically kind of unfollowed them as <laughs> they all turned out to be the worst dog shit melts who actually supported the kind of politics that they had satirised with such a plot right. of it. So, now, one of these guys, Ian Martin, he seemed a bit more alright to me because he had voted for Corbyn in 2015, which most of them did not do. But then I remembered that around the very same time that he was voting for Corbyn, Ian Martin got weirdly angry at people on his timeline saying that voting Tory was morally wrong. So, so like after the 2015 election some uh, it was obviously in Brighton I don't even know if it was in Brighton but let's just say it was in Brighton this, this cafe this cafe in Brighton had uh, put a sign outside which was like no Tories here thanks and uh, Ian Martin just did a whole like angry tweet like I hate this people keep sending me- this to me like I would like it I think these people are such immature little cunts or something because you know he's a swearing correspondent so he says cunt a lot yeah uh, and i just thought that was so weird and then naturally despite voting for corbin he also like got super angry at people calling liz kendall a red tory and you had to assume that it's just because like these people Know a lot of like centrists professionally and personally, like they go to the same parties as New Statesman columnists. I mean, the bad ones, not Georgie. (laughs) And the other thing I noticed recently was so Ian Martin, for the first time in ages popped up on my timeline with a tweet about not liking the Beach Boys and instantly I was enraged (laughs) right I'm 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 gonna literally I'm gonna rip this cunt's head off and then I just looked down his uh, timeline and I saw that he like Robert Webb had no compunction about chatting away with anti trans extremists and I saw him he'd uh, retweet uh, retweeted completely I thought just like uh, I I'd probably do this as well in debates about trans rights but it's you know it felt so much just like a man inserting himself into a debate he had no business in because ian martin wasn't even in the conversation he just retweeted sarah dittum the transphobic extremist arguing with another woman who was supportive of trans rights and he'd retweeted dittham and i just thought i just got, I got so angry i just like these these fucking affluent mostly left-leaning successful you know, they've not had bad lives. Yeah. Middle-aged men. Why the fuck do they feel so threatened by trans people getting a modicum of rights, you know? It's not like things are great for trans people yeah. or anything. In fact, thanks to cunts like these, they're probably are worse than they were a few years ago. Quite possibly. Some ways, you know? It makes me so angry. I mean, the way that Graham Linehan carries on online, he's clearly a, a twisted individual. There's something oh, yeah. seriously wrong with him. No one to say, Graham, okay, you need to just like take time out of social media possibly get help <laughs> 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 I, I i don't like i don't like to say, uh, yeah. you know i i need mental help there should be no stigma about it whatsoever but when someone's carrying on the way that graham linehan is somebody needs to intervene And be it their social circles or their domestic lives, nobody will tell Ian Martin or Graham Linehan, who, by the way, Ian Martin, like Robert Webb, will happily chat away with on the timeline. No one will say to them, guys, this is unacceptable. You've fallen behind the times and you're carrying on in a way that's just disgusting. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. You can't discriminate against Tories, but it's fine to discriminate against trans people, according to these
2: folks. Well, exactly, and they sound just like if you're alt-right when they try and argue against the pro-trans rhetoric. When they say, "Oh, you know, such and such is just harming trans people with her rhetoric." It's like, "Oh, so do you not think rhetoric can be harmful?" Then <laughs> it's, it's just, they they literally just come out with these like edge lord things about, "Oh, are you offended? Are you are you triggered?"
1: Yeah, and always making it about freedom of speech, like they're being oppressed and told they can't say these things that they're saying with impunity.
2: Yeah, and nine times out of ten, the person who they're defending is not, like, on the bottom pile of society. Yeah, she might be a woman, but, you know, if she is, then she'll probably also be white, affluent, Mm. rather than having her free speech impinged upon will probably be like a columnist <laughs> exactly <laughs> slash the guardian it gets invited on tv you know like so like you know you will see ian martin gets furious that people criticize julie bindle it's like mate julie bindle's doing fine like she is not at a disadvantage in society you should be looking at the people she demonizes in her language yeah. uh, in her rhetoric you bet and robert webb you know being another one of those transphobic fucks is just you know it just I, it makes me viscerally hate these people so much. And again, I don't want to, as a cis guy, insert myself into trans people's debates. But I feel like if you have political convictions, you can't ignore this stuff. You can't ignore this bigotry yeah. and the liberals who... The, the liberals who make it commonplace and not just commonplace in The Spectator, but, but they give it a, a place in The Guardian and The New Statesman, yeah. you know? And you know, cunts like Webb are instrumental in that. And then they try and do the like, oh Robert Webb, I'm a feminist, you know. He basically he his line is that because he was like a slightly like non-masculine yeah. <laughs> boy as a child, his thing is that he would be forced to transition. It's just it's just complete absolute I, crap. I,
1: I've never encountered a trans person who denied that you can have different sort of <laughs> Yeah, you do, they're all about tackling the hegemony of this is gender norms and this is how you're supposed to be. It's the exact opposite of how Robert Webb describes it. It's fine to be a girly guys, quote unquote, or a masculine woman or whatever. It, nobody, nobody's saying it's not. Well, nobody on the left is saying it's yeah. not
2: anyway, you know? <laughs> Graham Linehan's thing is that he always talks about lesbian erasure. Right. And it's yeah. like, mate, what do you what the fuck do you <laughs> know <laughs> like, and, and also and, and then this this one, you know, it means that this one like middle-aged, straight cis male comedy writer constantly ends up in beefs with Stonewall or something over who is the best advocate of LGBT plus yeah. rights. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. I just think that there is something instructive that we can, you know, we can learn from or we can, you know, learn against to the way that these liberals and centrists have reacted to transgender rights. You yeah. know, I and mean, it shows that their opposition to the left is not just an opposition to the thuggish behavior of Jeremy Corbyn's momentum boot boys you know these people they would have been against the left's campaign for gay rights if they were the age they are now in the 80s yeah absolutely just anything they associate with this move to the left that terrifies them which they obviously do with trans rights. They see, you see so many of them bracketing it in with Corbynism. It, anything must be it, stopped. It's
1: not that they're afraid of political violence. It's that they're afraid of any sort of change from what is the current establishment.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's purely reactionary. Web in that, Pete. Yeah, totally. I, amazing that. Robert Webb in that piece is talking about how R- Russell Brand is playing into the hands of the status quo. Yeah, and he even called <laughs> Russell
1: Brand reactionary in that piece, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, what, what is Robert Webb's political desiderata if not for maintenance of the status quo? Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, final thoughts on Robert Webb's, uh, you know, stupid, read some fucking Orwell piece. Thank you for giving us something to mock
1: for the rest of time
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'll i just say like yeah thank you for services to Simon Hedges because he has given me so much more joy than you know even the best episodes of the peep show <laughs> so uh, yeah so, so like, I mean cheers cheers Rob maybe if this goes well we'll uh, return to your I wouldn't put Ed Miliband on a t-shirt piece one day but um, no, for now, I just have to say uh, just shut up, never say anything again, you fucking idiot, you stupid cunt. Uh, <laughs> in fact, Robert Webb actually had an amusing take the other day, <laughs> which was like so, so after two years or so of just being a, oh, Jeremy Corbyn is a Tory. He supports the Tories on Brexit. He's a Brexit enabler. Jeremy Corbyn wants a no-deal Brexit. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> He's now, he posted the other day, like, hey guys, I don't know if any of this has occurred to anyone, but how about if what we tried to do was a kind of compromise position where we do Brexit, but it's a kind of uh, a soft Brexit. <laughs> As if that was not been platform, the Labour yeah. position. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, as he just said this as if he was the first person ever to think of this, and now I presume that people just ripped on him for it because he has deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, not really got anything to do with anything, but there is now a new hashtag on Twitter that the Independent Group for Change have tried to start, which is hashtag remain with Mike. And I'm told that at least 15 people have tweeted the hashtag Remain with Mike. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess who the Mike in question is, it is. please Michael Gage. Um, it is oh, Mr Michael yes. Gage. Yes, it is. It is michael gapes yes I- exactly
0: i will be standing if there is an early general election uh, to uh, remain with mike in ilford south yes
2: so hashtag remain with mike is i guess the conclusion of today i know episode we real at real politic will definitely remain with mike oh we'll be there we'll be there uh, on the doorstep in ilford south <laughs> you know especially you you're flying over to to campaign for mike of gapes, course yeah you? goes without saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's going to be great. I hear he's going to actually fly over to campaign for your local DSA chapter at the next (laughs) election. Now, just kidding. Gapes doesn't know what the DSA is. Come on, if he he does, he'd think they're like run by (laughs) Mill. You know, Mr. Shameless Mill. Sorry.
0: Pause this process. Stop the no-deal Brexit. Defend the people in Ireland and in Gibraltar. And you have the milk. The question is,
2: thank you. Right that's enough anyway i guess i'll sign off by saying oasis great band of uh, fuck the haters they don't know what they're talking about ignorant just ignorant especially the ones who work on this podcast. <laughs> anyway it's been good <laughs> thank you to mr yaya rice yeah thank you <laughs> and yeah tune in next time folks and subscribe to the patreon for sure
1: It's young people, it's crowdsourcing.